Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. But right now, I want you to get ready because this is actually the series entitled The Anointing and it's coming at you right now. Praise the Lord. We're so excited uh, to welcome you once again to part four of our series on the anointing, the anointing. We're going to go directly into our message, but first let's just ask God to bless our time together and give you an opportunity while we're praying to get your notepads, notepads out, to get your Bible, get you something cool to drink or something warm to drink, and let's get started with our Bible study tonight. Our Father to God, bless our time together. The anointing is what breaks yokes. And I pray, Father, as we deliver this message, that you would think through my mind, that you would speak through my lips. Let there be none of me, all of you, in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 92, verse 10, Psalm 92, verse 10, it says, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, verse 15 to 18, let me just break those two scriptures together. It's fabulous how God selects individuals. And sometimes God will anoint you, and you might not even know that you're anointed for something specific until God sends someone to activate that anointing, a man or a woman of God, and to confirm what he has placed on you and what he has placed in you, not only to advance the kingdom of God as you fulfill purpose and maximize your potential, but to push humanity forward, to push industry forth. The anointing is not just there for you to feel good, it's there for you to do good. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, 15 to 18, and the Lord said unto him, go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou cometh, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And if you noticed, they're getting their assignment. And in their assignment, there is a specific zip code that will not only recognize the anointing, but it would also cooperate with the anointing that is on you. And so he's giving specific zip codes. He said, Nimshi, you're going to be anointed king. And here's your sphere of influence, the nation of Israel. Elijah, the son of Shephath, of um, 
Abilaholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And him that escaped the sword of Jehu shall Elijah slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. And so you see, and we are presented with God just exalting the horn of the unicorn and anointing individuals with fresh oil, um, activating them in the service of the Lord to fulfill God's original plan and purpose with in a specific region as well as a specific industry and system. So what God is doing in this season, God is actually causing his spirit to begin to hover over us through the anointing. And then God will also uh, cause individuals to come into your life with the specific assignment to anoint you. And I believe that this is a season of the fluttering of the spirit. This is Genesis 1, 1 to 2. And these, the fluttering of the spirit are prophetic promptings that God will place on the inside of you to do something. Usually when an individual is, is caught up on the, in the day-to-day -day living, God's spirit will hover over you and then he will cause flutterings of the spirit or prophetic flutterings or prophetic unction. There's something on you and in you that, that will uh, let you know that God is trying to get your attention and point you towards an assignment or point you towards another um, uh, uh, um, uh, discharging of a particular duty that is it is connected to um, a the out um, or the unfolding of his plan for humanity. And you may not have the opportunity to always know how what you were doing is connected to what God is doing throughout the universe. But many of us know prophetic promptings. We just have to do something. I was just talking to one of my spiritual daughters and she said to me, you know, um, I had been uh, praying about going to Scotland and praying there. I don't, didn't even know why um, God wanted me to go. And uh, that night I prayed and said, God, give me an indication that that's what, what I should do and, um, and uh, provide the resources. And it just so happens I had been, just come out of prayer and God told me, oh, just call so-and-so and tell them you want to bless them and I called them and she just said this is exactly I had just prayed and it was just enough for me to go from where I was to Scotland and to pray and so when you pray God will connect you uh, at your purpose to different people around the world and he has a way of anointing an individual to be a blessing to you or even to assist you in acquiring the resources necessary for you to do what he is called you to do. So paying attention to that prophetic fluttering has a lot to do with God anointing you for the fulfillment of a specific uh, assignment that he wants you to do. So if you would turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 2, it talks about this fluttering of the spirit. We all know it in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the 
spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. There is fluttering. That word, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water has the connotation of a, 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 a mother hen sitting on eggs, waiting for those eggs to hatch. And this is what that is. It's the fluttering of the spirit. It's the prompting. And whenever there is a fluttering, and there, the prompting begins, and that prompting, that fluttering, eventually becomes the burden of the person that receives that prophetic unction or the fluttering, and then that burden becomes their passion. Look at Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 79. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 79. Jeremiah says, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and has prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was, ma was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine hard as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary for forbearing and I could not stay. He said look this fluttering became a burden and then it became a passion. He said it was like fire. Whenever you see fire in scriptures usually if it has to do with anything or anyone it is alluding to the zeal of the Lord or someone that had, through the anointing of God uh, it becomes passionate passionate about their call and so Jeremiah said you know I didn't really want to do the work of God and I tried to ignore it but then God sent this fluttering which turned into a prompting which turned into a burden which became my passion and I believe that the Holy Spirit is fluttering over us like a mother chick waiting for us to come into our destiny and if you begin to look throughout the Bible you can discern a divine pattern of and dynamic God always takes the initiative in executing his plan through some through some interesting circumstances and situation he looks for a person who will submit to him a person that will trust him during the most adverse circumstances within a nation within a community within a business within a ministry or that within their personal lives he then takes that person who is challenged, who is being challenged in their workplace, who is being challenged in their business, who is being challenged in their personal life, who is being challenged in their ministry, and then he will anoint them, and that anointing will empower and enable them to become aware of a need, a crisis, or a cause, and then that need, or crisis, or cause quickly becomes that person's personal burden, and then ultimately that individual begins to embrace that burden, as God's plan, as God's purpose for their lives, as God's will for their lives, and then they feel morally compelled. They feel spiritually compelled to act upon that revelation, and it, irrespective of how much support they get, that revelation becomes their vision. That revelation becomes their call. That revelation becomes their mission. He then is in a position in God where he is used to positively shape the course of 
humanity. He is used to change the course and destiny of his family, the destiny of his community. And then they become heroes and sheroes in history. They become the difference makers. They become the agents of change. And what God is doing in this season, he's releasing an anointing to make you an agent of change. You are going to make a difference in your family. You're going to make a difference in your community. You are going to make a difference in your industry. And a lot of people don't understand the anointing because they believe that God only anoints people that are in the church. But this is not true. When you read the scriptures, you will find out that God also anoints individuals hallelujah that are may not be believers but these are individuals that eventually began to support the work of the Lord such a person is in Isaiah 45 verse 1 and when the Bible speaks about a non-believer who was anointed to support the work of God if you would turn with me to Isaiah 45 verse 1 it says thus saith the Lord to his anointed anointed to Cyrus whose right hand I have upholden to subdue nations before him and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two levit gates and the gate shall not be shut and I will be go before thee and make the crooked places straight I will break into pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden reaches of secret places that thou mayest know that I the Lord which called thee by thy name am the God of Israel and he said for Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect I have even called thee by thy name and I have surnamed thee though thou hast not known me and this is this is exciting to me because a lot of people only believe that God anoints only believers but this is not true God anoints agents of change Hallelujah, individuals according to Isaiah 45, who God uses mightily, even as he used Cyrus, he is going to raise up individuals in the last day that may not even be believers to support the work of the Lord, and he's going to release his anointing. Why? Because the same prophetic flutters that we see that brings us into alignment with God's will are the same kinds of flutters that God will place upon non-believers to help you, to undergird you, to, to even support you as you advance the vision of God. And these individuals may not believe like you but God will anoint them as well and and set them aside to be used of him to advance his kingdom so when that person reaches a place in God in God's will when God when they reach a place in the unfolding of God's plan for humanity that one will fulfill purpose while maximizing their potential God will prosper that individual beyond his wildest dreams and imagination and I think of Moses, I think of Deborah, I think of Rahab, I think of Esther, I think of Paul, I think of Gideon, I think of Gandhi, I think of Martin Luther King, I think of many individuals that have been used by God to push uh, humanity forward. And no one can say that Gandhi was not a godly man, although he was not a Christian. He was used by God to deliver an entire nation from the stronghold 
hold and the oppression of, of, of British rule. And we can see how God is raising up individuals that are believers, yes, but there are some non-believers that God will use. And they don't even have to be Pentecostal, like Mother Teresa was not Pentecostal, but, but God anointed her to bring hope and healing to the indigent that were in India. And we see how God is raising up individuals and he is anointing them. He is setting them apart to be used by him in a fantastic way. And if God can use non-believers, what about the body of Christ who believes in God, who worship God? If God can use non-believers economically, if God can use non-believers politically, what about us? What about you? How has God anointed you and what has he anointed anointed you to do. Whenever God anoints you to move humanity forward, to make a difference as a change agent, something happened. Favor begins to flow. Wealth and riches increases. Greatness and influence becomes your portion. God does not select these individuals according to the standard of man. He does not look on the outward appearance. It is the anointing that makes the difference. It is their willingness to embrace the risk because it's risky business to be used by God because often when you're used by God it is counter culture you are moving against the grains of the status quo but God who anoints you to fulfill his purpose will also give you the courage to fulfill this this is the realm of power. This is the realm of dunamis that we talk about because when you want to live in the realm of dunamis, it is going to also take you into the realm of risk. You will risk losing friends, but you will also be rewarded with other friends. You will risk popularity with one group of people only for God to elevate you amongst another group of people. And many of us have the habit of of comparing ourselves with others who have disqualified themselves and we say well you know I have this I have this but th that person tried to do something and it didn't succeed many of us disqualify ourselves because we feel that we lack education we lack the looks we lack the connection, we lack the experience, uh, but God does not select you based on your standards or man's standards. He has his own standards for, for anointing a person and using a person, and it's on the opposite end of the continuum. And if you would go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31, and this is very important because God is going to anoint he who he calls. The Bible said, for you see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised have God chosen yea and the things which are not to bring to naught things that 
are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him not glory in himself, but let him glory in the Lord. In other words, God selects you oftentimes based on what you don't have rather than what you have, based on who you are not rather than who you are. And then God will anoint you. The anointing has nothing to do with how educated you are, how skilled you are, how gifted you are. God instructed Moses, and it was a specific instruction that he gave him. He said, Moses, do not pour the anointing oil upon man's flesh. This is it's very important. Because when God anoints you, he anoints you uh, based on your spiritual, spirituality. God is, is simply saying this is not a fleshly thing. Do not pour it upon man's flesh. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured. Neither shall you make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy and it shall be holy unto you. In other words, you don't capriciously use the anointing oil just to throw oil onto people. There has to be honor. There has to be respect for the thing that God has set apart. But once you are anointed, you enter into the school of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. The Holy Spirit is going to instruct you. First John 2.27 says, as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is, is the truth and is not a lie, even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. God is the one that anoints you. A man may be an intermediary holding something that is physical and something that is temporal by way of the anointing oil. He may put oil on your head. He might even lay hands on you. But man is not the one that is anointing you. Man is only used to confirm that you are anointed. And God will use the man and the women of God to put the anointing on whom he chooses. According to 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22, if you could go there with me, please. God is the one that anoints us. The Bible says he which hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our heart. It is not man that gives you the anointing. Man can only recognize the anointing, but it is God him himself that gives the anointing and if God anoints you then man cannot take the anointing from you. Man cannot stop the anointing from flowing on you. The anointing of God gives you influence and when God anoints you you have the power to really make a difference in this world. You have the power to really make a difference in your industry. You have the power to really make a difference in your family. You have the power to make a difference in your community. You have the power to make a difference in industry. Isaiah 61 said something that supports my last statement. It says, Isaiah 61, and if you would go there with me, please, and I know I'm going pretty fast, but I feel the anointing of God, and I feel like God is going to do something with you, and I sense by way of the spirit that something is shifting in your life right 
now. And some of you are viewing and some of you are watching and you came to a point where you were disappointed because people were rejecting you. But they may be able to reject you in the natural, but you, they cannot reject you in the spiritual. I sense that God is releasing an anointing that Samuel put upon David where people have left you in the back. God is getting ready to move you to the front. He's getting ready to elevate you. He's going to do it himself. I want you to not be discouraged. I rebuke the spirit of discouragement and I speak encouragement to you. God has not forgotten you. Continue to do hallelujah what you're doing as God processes you and prepares you for your great coming out party even as David was given a coming out party amongst those that had rejected him in his community and his family God is going to give you a coming out party where people overlooked you last season they're going to look up to you this season because God is releasing fresh oil I decree fresh oil is coming into your life fresh oil is being poured out right now you may not sense it you may not feel it but trust me the word of the Lord is being released from out of my mouth God is stirring up that anointing you are not going to be depressed another day you are not going to be concerned about who likes you and who supports you you've got the support of God himself heaven supports you the angelic host supports you God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit is supporting you go on about your kingdom assignment go on about your kingdom business be faithful to what God has called you because help is on the way when God anoints you yes yes something is lifting something is moving something is stirring God is bringing your passion back God is giving your strength back you are going to be stronger than you have ever been may the strength of the Lord be poured into your spirit and may the joy of the Lord be your strength right now I establish it and I decree it in Jesus name Isaiah 61 let's go there the Bible said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me the anointing of God is the confirmation that the spirit of God is upon you and not only upon you moving in you the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and this is important the word meek means those that are afflicted those that are poor those that are needy those that are downtrodden and I believe that even as government has run out of resources in terms of their social programs the, the government one day would turn to the church and we will be anointed to help the poor, to help the weak to help the afflicted, to help the homeless, to help the indigent. God is going to anoint us to do that. The Bible said he has sent me to bind up the broken hearted. The broken hearted that comes from a Hebrew word shabar and it means to break into pieces and there are so many people that are walking around with their heart broken but God is anointing us to heal your heart you are not going to have another nervous breakdown you are not going to be broken into pieces you are not going to be a wreck you are no longer going to be an emotional wreck God has anointed us to bring healing to you there are so many people whose marriage is on the rocks whose marriage is wrecked whose life is wrecked 
rack. There are many individuals that are born again believer that have children that rack their lives, but God is going to anoint you to bring about restoration of every train rack in your family, whether it's your son or your brother or your husband or your cousin or your grandfather or your father or your sister or your mother or your auntie or your cousin or your best friend, every individual that has made a train rack of their lives, God is going to anoint you, hallelujah, to bring about restoration. They are not going to break down. They're going to break through and God is going to cause them that were shattered with walking around with shattered dreams and shattered lives. God is in the business of bringing, hallelujah, individuals from out of uh, wrecks that they have made of their life. How many of you know that you can find God, hallelujah, in the realm of sickness and disease, but God is a God that works in our wreckages, and God is in the midst of your wreck, and he's going to work it out. The Bible says he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captive and those that have been taken captive that includes addictions and the opening of the prison to them that are bound there are so many people that are bound they are bound emotionally they are bound physically they're in bondage to drugs and all kinds of pornography but the anointing is going to bring them out the bible said he has anointed me to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord and the day of vengeance to come for all that mourn to them uh, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. The ashes speaks of worthlessness. In other words, ashes is what remains after a fire. You know God is at work in the wreckage. And the Bible said the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That means that when people's life lack luster, God is going to remove the downlessness and the lifelessness and the colorlessness and you're going to live a life because God is going to take you from black and white experience to live technicolor and sound effect. The light is no longer going to drain out of you. And the scripture says that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified and these same anointed individuals they're going to build always places they're going to raise up the former desolation they shall repair the waste cities and the desolutions of many generations and strangers shall stand and feed your flock and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers but ye shall be named the priest of the Lord men shall call you in the, uh, the minister of God you shall eat the riches of the Gentile and in their glory shall ye boast yourself and so the anointing is necessary if we want to see healing in our family healing in our community if we want to see breakthroughs in every area of our lives in our bodies in our minds in our relationship it's going to take the anointing the anointing can be received without measure one of the things you want God to give you the anointing without measure John 3 34 says that God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him and so you 
you want to ask God, anoint me without measure. And as long as you do not restrict God, as long as you have the capacity, God will keep pouring out the anointing upon your life. Second Kings 4 and 1 to 7. We made mention of this in our last message about how the, um, this, this widow woman was instructed to find vessels and pour the oil out. And the oil kept pouring out. And it was stayed when she had no more vessels. But I decree and declare there is going to be no restrictions upon the anointing. You are going to be anointed without measure. And in this season, you're going to ask God to give you the anointing in its fullness. According to John chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says of his fullness have all we received. So you want a full and fresh supply of the anointing. So the question that remains, what is the anointing? Let's look at 1 John 2 and 20. What is the anointing? 1 John 2 and 20. The Bible said, but ye have have an, an unction from the Holy One. You have an unction from the Holy One. And that is the anointing. So Acts talks about having an unction where in Acts they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is an unction. So the unction is our kingdom technology. The anointing is kingdom technology. So we, ha we already have evidence of the powerful technology that was forgotten longer ago. It has been overlooked by recent generations that is driven by the natural and not the supernatural. And the anointing is the supernatural technology of the kingdom. This anointing is generated by prayer and activated by prophecy and then also impartation, but it's sustained through spiritual warfare. It is the science of our spirituality that dictates by which we are reminded that by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God so we know that the anointing is activated by the word of God and this anointing empowers us in corporate meetings when we have corporate meetings there is always a corporate anointing but upon individuals there is an anointing for us to fulfill our assignment to fulfill our purpose to maximize our, our, our um, opportunities to maximize our potential for, for, for an unprecedented move of God. It is the anointing that is used for supernatural healing, but not just healing of our body, but healing of humanity, you know, and it is this anointing that is going to see the ushering of the second coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. The anointing is what rests upon us. The Bible said the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And this is important because it's not resting upon our flesh but it's resting upon our spirit and even though the anointing touches you physically but this is an anointing of your spirit and then God uses you to, to become a channel to become an agency to become a tool that he uses to deliver the masses from, from the clutches of iniquity it is the anointing that will help us to build and expand uh, the truth wealth of nations to to take capital and leverage our gifts and our talents to create wealth um 
And God will use the anointing for us to build wealth and for there to be a wealth transfer, for there to be innovation, for there to be creative ideas, for there to, to be witty inventions, for us to be able to acquire um, uh, and, and even leverage intellectual property. It takes the anointing. God could give you gifts. He could give you talent. But then you need the anointing to leverage what he has given you. He's going to give you the anointing to acquire acquire and leverage pieces of property to know what to do. He's going to give you the anointing to secure a legacy for the next generation. He will anoint you for social re-engineering. He will anoint you for nation building or even nation rebuilding. He will anoint you for politics. He will anoint you for education. He will anoint you for social reconstruction. He will anoint you for industry breakthroughs. He will anoint you for community development. He will anoint you for psychological liberation. He would anoint you to eliminate social injustices that he will rise, raise you up. Hallelujah for social justice purposes. Isaiah 58 verse 12 said that, 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 that they, they shall be the ones that will build the old waste places. In other words, God will use you as repairers of breachers, restorers of path to dwell in. God will anoint you with this kingdom technology so that you will be able to advance the kingdom. That it will not be by your ingenuity. It will not be by your strength. But God will give you spiritual insight. He will give you spiritual discernment. He will give you the ability to move uh, humanity forward and impact, make a positive impact as an agent of change. God will raise you up to represent him in government so that you can affect changes in every area so that we see new constitutions that are being re-engineered. He will use you for foreign policy. He will use you for foreign trade. He will use you for immigration policy. He will use you for economic policies. He will use you for legislation. He will use you to build statutes, to build laws and policies. God will use you geopolitically to affect changes in systems. The economic structure is failing us, but God will use you hallelujah to strengthen our economies. He will use you to strengthen corporate structures for infrastructure. He will use you in industries and sectors and field. He will use you in agriculture. He will use you with natural resources. He will use you in physical policies. He will use you in sports. He will use you in media. He will use you to create cultures. He will use you in in health. He will use you in welfare. He will use you in housing. He will use you in education. He will use you in transportation. He will use you in communication. He will use you technologically. He will usually socially. He will use you institutionally. He will use you with private entities. He will use you with public entities. He will use you in NGOs. It will be the anointing, hallelujah, by which God will use you to make a difference in all of these areas hallelujah the anointing the anointing is always commensurate to your assignment the bible says this go into all the world and preach the gospel not into all the earth the world is is the systemic management or it's the managed the systematic management 
control and dominion over the affairs conducted in the earth realm. So if God says go into all the world, you're going in to dominate. You're going in as a change agent. You're going in to make a difference. And he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. When you go, you don't want to go as a beggar. When you go, you don't want to go as a problem. You want to go into world to solve problems. You want to go into world as a solution. And the anointing will make you a solution carrier. Your anointing will be commensurate to your unique purpose and your assignment for instance Adam was anointed to name the animals and then he was anointed to go on to become a zoologist to become a CEO and businessman with without formal education it was the anointing that did it David was received the anointing to defeat Goliath he never fought a giant until he fought Goliath he didn't have any training in giant slaying uh, but God anointed him and when he came uh, to fulfill his assignment on behalf of his nation he slew and defeated Goliath and then God gave him the ability to become a deliverer because he delivered his nation from a terrorist attack and just think about this he was not trained in seal he was trained in shepherding sheep that was his training that was his area of expertise but the anointing was placed upon him and he was able to deliver his entire nation from a terrorist attack and then he went on to reign as king of Israel. Think about Basileo. He received the anointing as an architect and contractor to be able to interpret a prophetic blueprint that God had given Moses concerning the tabernacle and he did it because God gave him the anointing to do it. God gave Esther an anointing to defeat the enemies of Israel and to deliver her people from um, ethnic cleansing. Jephthah received the anointing to overcome rejection and to become a general over Israel's military. The anointing will help you to overcome all your impediments, your social impediments, your emotional impediments, your hang-ups, your insecurity. When you're anointed, the insecurity goes. Noah received the anointing to build the ark and to survive a tsunami. John received an anointing to write the book of Revelation while on the Isle of Patmos. So as you see, the anointing is not one size fit all. It's based on your assignment. It's based on what you have to overcome. Moses was anointed to be a deliverer and a lawyer. They did not need uh, a whole legal system. Uh, they needed one man and God, hallelujah, didn't use a supreme court to not only write laws and act laws, interpret laws, but God uses, wills one man. He was the supreme, he was the supreme court. Uh, God used John, John and God anointed him after they isolated him and left him for dead. He wrote the entire book of Revelation while on the Isle of Patmos. Not only that, you see Solomon, he received a kingly anointing, but he also had an anointing as an architect. He also had an anointing as a businessman. He also had an anointing as an author. He also had an anointing as an international business mogul. He had an anointing. He was anointed for geopolitical reasons. He was anointed. Deborah was anointed to overcome sexism within a male-dominant industry. 
Jacob was anointed to overcome his stigma, to re be reconciled with his brothers. Hallelujah. He became a multi-wealthy billionaire. God anointed him um, to become a billionaire through biotechnology. And biotechnology did not exist until God anointed him as a biotechnologist. Joseph was anointed to become a prime minister. Gideon was anointed to become a general. Hannah was anointed to break her barrenness. Nehemiah was anointed to build the walls in record-breaking time. What a nation could not do in 70 years. He did in 52 days. Zerubbabel found the anointing. Hallelujah. As he began to prophesy grace to move mountains. Elijah was anointed to find solutions to health problems within a city. Uh, Gershom and Stephen was anointed in their deaconship. Gideon received an anointing to, for divine strategies. Hannah received an anointing for supplication and she became a catalyst for a dispensational and prophetic shift. Hezekiah's life was extended because of the anointing. Isaac was received a multi-million dollar anointing for investment and God showed him how to invest. God gave him the anointing for investment and uh, he was in the midst of a stock market crash and a recession but God anointed him to survive the stock market crash uh, Issachar was anointed for prophetic insight and counsel for the discernment of the correct times and season Jabez was anointed with the prosperity anointing Jacob received an anointing for strategic positioning JL was anointed for strategic warfare to overcome a domestic hostile environment. Jehoshaphat was anointed for leadership. Jeremiah was anointed for the prophetic. Jethro was anointed for government and divine counsel. Joanna, the wife of Shusa, was a kingdom underwriter and God anointed her to underwrite the ministry of Jesus. Job had a comeback anointing. He was able to bounce back to become a billionaire through integrity. Joanna was anointed as well as a kingdom underwriter. What can I say about John the Baptist? John the Baptist was anointed to receive spiritual revolutionary anointing. John the disciple was anointed to persevere in ministry. John Marks was anointed as a spiritual protege. Hallelujah. Of Paul and Joseph. He was the Ellen Greenspan of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Joshua was anointed uh, for leadership. Judah was anointed for warfare, prayer, and praise. Keturah was anointed. Hallelujah. For a second chance. Lois and Eunice were anointed for children's ministry and to raise ministerial prodigies. Lydia was a kingdom entrepreneur whose ministry was to provide economic stability for new ministries. Martha was anointed in hospitality and I can go on and go on. The anointing is commensurate to your assignment. In conclusion, when it comes to fulfilling your, your assignment and fulfilling your purpose, God will give you a specific and a special anointing commensurate to your call and to address the challenges within your communities, within your city, and within your nation. So as we pray, we're praying tonight that God would anoint you to be a problem solver and to bring solutions, not only to your ministry, but to your family, for your community, 
and for your nation. Our Father God, we thank you as we learn about the anointing. The anointing makes a difference. Tonight you gave us many, many examples of people that you anointed and you used. We pray, Father, that those that are hearers and those that are witnessing uh, in their spirit that they're called to do something. It may be a fluttering. It may be an unction. It may be even a flash of inspiration. I pray that they will have enough courage to trust you, uh, to anoint them, and then to give them the courage to move according to the prompting of the Spirit to fulfill what you have originally planned and purposed for them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 